Good day, people. Good day. Um, today we have Donovan Young. Golden boy! Get in, get in. He's all about personal branding, social media, and influential content marketing. <laughs> Yo, man, some people, some legends call him Donovan Yang, but he's also regarded as Golden, Golden Boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good episode, man. I, a lot of talks about marketing, what it takes to start a business when you're young, what are some ways to be influenced. He's, you know what I love about him? He has a mindset. He just, he has a way of thinking, which I think is on the right track. And I just remember being that young and that hungry. I'm still that young and that hungry. You're still that young and that hungry. I don't know about that, mate. But uh, no, it's, it's exciting. Exciting podcast, exciting session. So let's uh, get cracking. Let's get it, golden boy. Get in. It's uh, Ali and Spile, and we're here with Donovan Yang. Donovan, what's going on? Hello, it's going well. I'm feeling brilliant. How you doing, gentlemen? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. How are you, man? I am blessed. It's a good day to live. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, Donovan, man, we were just talking about some of the cool stuff you've been up to, and uh, you were saying that you've run a couple businesses in the past. Why don't we start there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say I run around three businesses. Um, before I even knew what entrepreneurship was, honestly, I started at a young age. Um, <laughs> it came at the point when I was a younger, um, cause I'm 21 right now, right? I'm a fairly young entrepreneur, but it started, I would say, really around 15, and it was when I needed a fresh haircut, you know, cause you got to impress the ladies. <laughs> And I couldn't really get the opportunity just because um, my parents weren't really acquainted with that. And they weren't, um, they weren't willing to take me and spend 20 bucks for a haircut at the barbershop. So I said, you know what? Not only do I need a haircut, but my friends are ugly as well. <laughs> and uh, we all need to get fresh because it's starting high school, middle school, and all those days, and, you know, you just want to look your best, right? I mean, look good, feel good kind of thing. And I started there. Um, started going to YouTube, got my first real barber. And it's funny because I told him off the bat, like, hey, you know, I'm getting my hair cut from you, but I'm actually interested in cutting hair as well. And I didn't ask him off the bat to teach me, but <laughs> I basically asked him, like, you know, well, why did you get started? You know, why do you love doing this? And, you know, just honestly, just hearing him out and listening to him, it inspired me to get started, right? And that's before I even knew what entrepreneurship really was. Um, and a little background before I continue on is my parents are actually entrepreneurs. So, I mean, I've been born and raised from that kind of background, but continue back onto the story. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I kept getting haircuts. I, like, literally studied what he did. <laughs> and from there, I was just obsessed. Like, dang, that's how he's got the sharp techniques from, you know, using the liners to the fading and all of that um, pretty barbershop stuff. And then I said, you know what? I need to get my hands um, better as well. Went home. I'm sure every every household has some, you know, cheap clippers, right? I don't know about you guys. Do you guys got cheap clippers back in the day? I think I do. I mean, actually, no, no. I think no. My, my dad did, and he did. So you have to shave it like every day. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not clippers, man. Uh, brown people have a lot of body hair. I we think, need yeah. we need that clipper think, stuff. Yeah, you, I hear you. I'm born to. Yeah, and um, we, you know. Everyone's got their cheap clippers, and I was using it. And then, but you can't, you can't get that quality with the with the right tech, 
right? 16th birthday, um, you know, really begged my parents to really just buy for me, like $200, $300 kit. At the time, for that much money, as a 15, 16-year-old, you're like, dang, that's a lot of money, you know? Like, and I didn't have that type of um, luxury. And I was, you know, really honored for my parents to buy that for me as a gift because they knew, you know, the dedication, the hustle I was trying to learn from it. Uh, from there, started cutting my uh, own hair. No longer let moms cut my hair because I always looked funny <laughs> and messed up a lot, wore hats a lot to school, embarrassed. But at the time, you know, the school I went to, you know, they didn't really pick on me. My friends are just like, they knew I was trying to, you know, get better. And then, you know, it's funny because some of my, um, my one friend, he's African-American. He's like, Don, I need some fresh cuts too. You can experiment on me. You can give put my uh, line back like LeBron James. You can do anything as you desire. <laughs> I exactly did that, you know. It was embarrassed them a couple of times. Other people just it kept happening, kept practicing, you know. Long story short, honestly, kept practicing on my friends, myself, kept messing up. But the struggle of that first business I was running with, the, basically the haircutting, is the fact of persuading other um, ethnicities to let me. I don't know about you guys, but at least I'm from Milwaukee, so it's very segregated, but as well, a lot of different cultures are mixed together. And for, you know, the African-Americans or the Latinos or, you know, even, you know, the Asians, they'd be like, you cut here? Come on, get out of here. You don't cut here. You're Asian. You know, it's kind of that racial thing. But so I had to persuade them, you know, and, and that's part of me selling myself, selling the fact that I can cut here, social proof of my haircuts, let them know, like, my passion, my drive, my experience, you know, and that's, like, first time I really sold myself, you know, not in a weird way, but obviously for the service, that's going to be beneficial both of us. <laughs> I think that's a nice little story, really. But just, that- just, just, just taking back to, you mentioned that through your family, right? That's where business started from. Can you just walk us through in terms of like, yeah, what was that? What were, what were they doing? Um, yeah, what was it? Yeah, so definitely my mom, she basically took care of everybody, entire family. Basically, we came to this country from my grandma and my mom was essentially like uh, very young. So started my grandma actually, cause you know, coming from fresh in this country with uh, like language barriers and all these other skill sets, like honestly, um, after working a couple of jobs, temp services, like you, you, you can't really take care of family like that, like that. So they eventually said, you know what, we need to build a business. So they started a, a staffing business. So basically they leveraged all the, um, the foreign people cause during the, it was this, this after the Vietnam war. So we were helping people get job opportunities and all that from my grandma's, um, business in the nineties. And then after a while, my mom took over that and then she just took it over and she's made it into like a, you know, a million dollar business. Right. And then from there, it just kept scaling, scaling. And honestly, I didn't really care at, at a young age. Um, but I did know that because she was able to take care of everybody and, the way she like could go on vacation whenever she wanted to with us, the way she could, you know, um, do which as she pleased. But at the same time, she has to still work extensively hard, right? That always was a, a factor no matter what. Even now, she still does. Just knowing, seeing that factor was like, it was amazing to me because I would see other kids in my neighborhood, other people like, you know, they don't, their mom and dad are not home, but my mom's at home, even though it was like during the day of the week, you know, things like that. And honestly, just, just seeing the freedom, but the opportunity you can make with your time and energy, but also take care of not only your, your internal family, but your kids, but all your brothers and sisters, uncles, and all, the whole entire tree. Because, you know, us Asian people, we would like to breed a lot. It's, it's really insightful, you know, and I realized this later on, you know, and I realized, you know what, it's not all about me and making my journey happen for my business, but it's so that one day if my family member gets sick or, you know, something needs to be taken care of financially, I can be there to support them at least, you know. So that was business one, and that was also kind of how your family 
um, brought in or inspired entrepreneurship for you? What was business two and, and what is the current business? Right. So definitely the second one was right when I got in college. So in high school, my dream was to be an NBA player. I ain't gonna lie to you guys. I'm 5'3", but you know, big dreams, you know, you just keep going. <laughs> but I, I think I was good. So I knew uh, I was pretty good at sports. I'm pretty athletic, but you know, I wasn't good enough to obviously to get to the, you know, that level. But I just literally, I wake up every day, wake up hard for that. And I realized that failed, right? And those dreams kind of were shattered. I had like trainers and everything. And then one day when I got to college, I realized my trainer still, he needed more help. And I saw the opportunity and I said, you know what, how can I help you? I thought I wanted to be like a basketball trainer, but I realized the need was not the basketball training because, you know, my my coach trainer, he's like NBA trainer uh, right now, but he needed a, the, somebody to market him. But every good business needs marketing, right? Essentially, I said, you know what? Okay, let me see where I can help. I've always been in, infatuated by video. So I started getting into video. I said, Hey, you know what? I see great trainings, you know, let's implement video into your, uh, into your training. Let's showcase your community, your train, um, people you're training, got into that. So the second business was video production and I got really deep into that. And me and him were considering being partners and we're going to do all these big plans and we're shooting for like months to up to almost a year. And then right before we were going to sign the papers officially, like a LLC, he, he basically backed out on me. No way. So, dude, that, that sucks. I'm guessing you had like a full plan laid out. and You're like, you're going to become like a really great video production company. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was going to leverage the sports industry. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys watch basketball YouTube videos, but those like ball is live, hoop mixtape stuff. Like I was doing that stuff and I was like one of the good, I was, I was actually good at it. I think, honestly, to me, I was probably one of the best people at the time to do the mixtapes and everything. So how did that make you feel then? So what were you going through? Like, Oh man, it was, it was a heartbreaking. <laughs> He's like my second dad, you know? Um, and he was somebody trained and, and like looked up to, but then like it just didn't work out. And then, um, and it just kind of like, not to be bogus, but like, you know, even after, you know, all that work, I was doing it free and all that. And I was like, after I said, he said, okay, you know, we don't need to be partners, but I'll pay you. And then even after I did the work and gave it to him, he, I didn't get paid as well. So it was kind of like, damn, like, it's only like a couple hundred dollars too, you know? It was like my first real in- interaction with business sense because, you know, now you're getting the papers, now you're being the model, now you're getting on that, right? The barbershop was just honestly, just on just getting your feet wet, right? I mean, I was cutting here like just independently freelancing. And, but yeah, like I said, the, the, so that, that just completely failed. It was pretty upsetting, but you know, I, I got back on my feet and I said, you know what? Um, I invested like a lot of time into this. And it didn't work out, but you know, I'm just gonna help other people who really deserve my attention, my money, and my value. And I got better at the craft, got obsessed, independently learned, got became friends with famous like people from LA filmmakers, because I just got connected inside the network from, you know, like people who are in the industry. because uh, I was really into dancing at the time as well. And it just it just people I just met the right people and they inspired me and kept getting better. And then I kept and honestly I became a good content creator for a video at least. And then I realized, like, so that's business two, right? Like, that was all cool and all. Right right before you get into business three, both these businesses are in such highly competitive market. Like, you're haircutting where you're competing with lots of people. And effectively, when you're young, the haircutting really is all about price point. As you get older, fine, you have, like, the whole fashion statement that you want to make with your hair. It's hard to compete in that market. And then video production very hard to compete in the market as well. I mean, you, you almost had a shot at that competition with video production. Unfortunately, you didn't really quite get there. 
but why pick both of the most sort of competitive markets? I always find it interesting people say, why do you pick this competitive market? Why do you do this when, you know, entrepreneurs, whether, you know, millionaires, um, billionaires, or even, you know, people who are just starting out. And I think, you know, it doesn't matter about the competition. Honestly, if you have a drive and you're really interested in it, then just go for it. Because at the end of the day, um, to say it's com- too competitive that you want to be in it, it's kind of an excuse. You know, it's honestly just a barrier of people not to do it or be scared away. And I'm like, I'm glad there's competition. When I'm playing basketball on that court, I want Kobe Bryant to verse me. I know I want to verse the best. And it's just kind of a mindset you got to have where it's going to be competition, especially in, in the industry. Um, even if it's a new industry, it's going to be little, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, honestly, with that drive and you really have a love for it and you want to honestly develop your skill set and get paid for it. And that's all it was. And you, you may think it sounds competitive, but then it actually was working for me because in high school, that's honestly one of the best ways to start as a barber because you are leveraging your entire audiences, which is the entire high school of men, right? And they're all like, you know, there's there's hundreds of them, right? So I had an opportunity to have like my market out there and video recording. I mean, I was connected with all the the sports people in the city, like from the train, from like the basketball trainers to like the, you know, the semi-pros, like I was connected to them. So it was just, it was working in my favor already, right? So competition was not a worry. It was honestly the only worry I had was just to get better at my craft and just keep on delivering value to my um the people I work with. Nice. And how did you um so in terms of approaching marketing strategy, um it was that that you ever considered uh in, you know in the, in the businesses that you worked on so after the haircut and business and when you started doing the video production, um what did you learn and how did you approach the strategies? Right, right. So at such a young age, honestly, obviously, yeah, my, my parents were um, entrepreneurs, but it's weird because they didn't really teach it to me. <laughs> I just kind of watched them. Um, I didn't even know what that meant until, you know, I started after, until after college and during my third business. But I just took it as, hey, I need to get more people in the door and I need them to pay me. So this is what I got to do, you know. And there was like no term, whatever it was. I, like, at that time, I was like, reading like just a bit, like I was reading a bit, I was studying a bit. Honestly, I just studied more of the skill. And that was the reason why I didn't make a lot. That makes sense? So I was making, you know, just baby money, you know, under, you know, 20 grand a year for those things. But then it taught, it built a lot of foundation for me for the next, the next upcoming thing, right? Upon the video production thing, going back to that story, I kept doing it. I started shooting little baby commercials for small businesses and, you know, whatever, anybody who needed me, weddings, especially, you know, any gig I could get. And I realized the gap was every time I market for, I mean, video production for these people, they would not know what to do with the video, especially the small businesses. They would just like put it on their Facebook and that's it, right? I mean, how, how do you approach that? I mean, yeah, you, you, you have a client, then you know they don't know, they have no clue in terms of what they're trying to do. I mean, how do you approach that? I mean, do you have a framework? Is there a framework that, we, you know, we, we need to follow or... What's your approach? How do you help them? How would you how would you help me? Right. Definitely. So for the video production? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So definitely it's a matter of, you know, just I always had a skill for communication. Like I I built that up because I was um I was I don't know, I was I was a funny guy. I realized, you know what, this is really scary to approach people, but I have to give them a reason. So, you know, the first time, maybe first couple people I approached, like, hey, I want to do video for you. <clears throat> and that's it. Like I didn't give any <clears throat> reasoning. It was just kind of like, let me just do this for you and, and it's gonna help you. And that's not enough. And they didn't work out. <laughs> and then they would say like, no, or sorry, we got a guy for that, you know, common objections. 
And eventually they, I started realizing like, oh, these people are like, aren't normal people. And uh, for business owners, especially or managers or administrators, they need, you know, you got to like basically sell them. You got to um, convince them, persuade them. So the framework essentially, you put essentially, okay, hey, here's the problem. You, you're not, you, you don't have any uh, marketing out for your company in sense of video. So people are not able to engage with you on that type of level. And um, I want to solve that problem for you. I want to get more exposure to, to your community. And honestly, just to small business itself, like that little line right there, they're like, oh yeah, like I want more exposure. I think video is cool. You know, some took a chance on me. Some look at my, looked at my work and thought I did really good. And that's honestly how simple it was. And honestly, the work, like in creative industry, when your work is so good as well, is it, it just sells itself, you know? So, so then, so then you, you understand kind of what's going on with your clients and the whole video production problem. And then you realize, you know what, I'm going to go off and, and start my third business because I see the opportunity. Is that kind of what happened? Basically, yeah. Um, I saw that video production was good. You know, I, even now I still <clears throat> see its place, but there was a bigger picture in it. And I felt the big picture because people weren't, they weren't leveraging it to its maximum capability in terms of marketing the businesses. So then one day as I started looking more into marketing, I don't know, all of a sudden I started getting targeted by this, <clears throat> I don't mean just like shout out the you know, entrepreneurs in this, but have you guys heard of Ty Lopez? Ty Lopez, yeah, 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 I have. Yeah, yeah, so that guy targeted me one day and I took his 67 steps program. Program, like it, this is a paid program, isn't it? Yeah, it's a paid course, like six, seven bucks. And this time I was like dead broke in college, <laughs> freshman. But that like changed my life because when I actually took the opportunity to self-development, I realized like, yo, like, I've been doing this business thing all wrong and then this personal growth all wrong. Like I just been doing it and just learning from my own experience when I should be leveraging mentors when I should be leveraging knowledge that's already out there for me. One of my favorite lines from him was in business, you're going to make mistakes, but they don't have to be yours. And that's when I really saw the value of mentorship and knowledge. So then I got my, my free freaking wet. Like I bought like a whole like bookshelf of books. I started buying more courses. You know, honestly, I went in debt with credit cards with that. <laughs> but really like invested in like knowledge and upbringing. Oh, yeah. You, you, you had to, you know, like to, to be honest, like I didn't finish college. You know, like, and it wasn't giving me what I needed because I was like, I wanted it now. Like I wanted to like, pra I want to make things practical now. You know, like waiting four years and then create something like it didn't make sense to me. You know, I always learned that you learn something, and you apply as soon as possible so you can grow. Right. And yeah, I invested a lot of money uh, at that time of that first year. I invested like probably like five, ten thousand dollars, you know, especially for coming from college, you know, income. That's not a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, and I didn't even have that type of money. So that's why I said I went in debt. But so I got into that. Um, and within those courses, I learned how to do social media marketing, learned how to do marketing in itself and just understanding like the foundation of it and a good business and getting the right um, training from that. And obviously I got deeper into the mentorship and I started getting other mentors and um, it was, it just became like a thing I came obsessed with. Right. Nice, nice, nice. So, so now then we have the current, so how is the current business? I mean, where we at is, uh, is golden, right? Right. So excellent question. So now we go to the Golden Entertainment, um, the social media marketing business. So now it's it's brilliant. You know, uh, I decided to get another partner on uh, what I do. 
you know, it's still a small business to make under 100, 100K annually. Obviously, you've only been around for like two years. Um, but I mean, the, the experiences and clients who we've worked with, you know, from high personality brands, millionaires to, you know, e-commerce brands, whatever it is, it's, it's been such an opportunity and blessing, right? And it didn't take off like that right away. So whether, you know, whoever's listening to this is small business or entrepreneurship, like I learned everything you need to learn. But remember how I mentioned that you got to learn and apply? Like I didn't do that. Like I was just, I just enjoyed learning about everything and knowing it. You know, I loved it. I loved it, it tickling me in my belly, but <laughs> I never stopped it. Right. So until I started doing that, um, it took a couple months for to, you know, ask people to invest thousands of dollars into me per month. And eventually, you know, I learned my system and flow, my sales got better. And then, you know, the packages, people started investing in me. And from there, it just, right now, it's just scaling, you know, and just scaling every month, every, every day, baby. And you boot, is it kind of bootstrapped then? I guess bootstrapped your business or? Yeah. Um, in terms of bootstrap, tell me what do you mean by bootstrap? So like, can, is it, is it self-funded? Yeah, is it self-funded? Oh yeah, self-funded. Everything you make is go back in, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. Um, even though my entrepreneur parents have some money, it's not like I asked my mom and dad for like a thousand dollars so I can reinvest. Like my parents tell me the way I've grown is like, you want to start something, you want to do something, you take your own money and you buy yourself. <laughs> yeah. So bootstrapped it. But, but you know what, what's really interesting is you're 21, right? And you have a mindset of a hustler, but I like how you said, you know, I've only made, I'm, I'm only doing hundred K in revenue and it's only been around for two years. Like it's, it's, it's almost like you took a step back and you're like, I understand growth is slow and I got to be patient with it. How did you come to that understanding at such a young age? Because I, I really don't think that people appreciate how long it takes to build even a mediocrely successful business, let alone something that might, you know, do billions in revenue. Right. And it's <clears throat> so, so many mentors the old, old, old heads. I always love listening to old heads. You know, they, like they said, you know, you gotta, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual guy. And he says, you know, l listen to your elders. And I, I take that with heavy push. And they said, you gotta be patient. You know, um, my mom, even herself said, takes, took them over like 10 years for us to be like profitable. And I'm like, dang, that's long as heck. I don't want to work 10 years and make no money, <laughs> but it hit me. And, and then when I started getting into it, and I saw the numbers from expenses to like, how much I really can charge so people can actually buy into me. And it, it just, the numbers, that's how they looked, right? And you have to think, okay, this is how the numbers actually look. These are the actual results. And the knowledge I have to gain and apply because you have to actually have, you know, when anything you start a new business or, you know, you just proof, you got to make proof of concept, right? You got to get numbers, results. You got to get social proof. You got to build your systems. You got to build more confidence in yourself that you can actually sell, you know, all your expensive deals. And um, it's a matter of just understanding that these are the real numbers, but also that it takes time to build something, you know, just like when you play a sport, right? I go back to basic things like sports or, you know, something you love like chess. You're not going to be good at it right away. Your form is not going to be good. Your body's not going to be athletic right away, but you take time. You take reps every day. You shoot your form every day. You dribble a certain way every day. You do your drills. You do your training. You, you get mentored. You get challenged by your, your trainers, right? And it's a process. And when I looked at it that way, I knew that I had to put my reps in. You know, in the beginning, I had no idea what sales marketing was. I mean, I just cut here and I just got good my skill set. But I didn't make a lot of money. I want to make more money. Okay. I saw the opportunity of production. Okay. 
I'm actually getting legal now. I'm doing the production, I got the skill set, but now I'm getting the mindset of like how we can market things out. Boom, that that didn't happen. Then now, third time, I'm I learning from these past experiences that it's going to take time. And honestly, it's going to be different for everybody because some guys, they're just like, they can just get really good right away and just make a lot of money right away. But then they, and then they might fail later on because they grow too fast and they didn't understand how to take care of that once they got to that level of a, a team, right? Things like that. And I mean, I'm sure we all learn from our experiences, like how I'm learning from mine, from personal experience, but from listening to the old heads. But it's honestly just being humble at it too. Being humble with your business, being realistic, set crazy goals and have crazy dreams, but really realistic how you can grow and scale to not only take care of yourself, but your team as well. But, but talk to me more specifically about patience, because I think, I think that how do you, how do you accept patience? Like, how do you know, you know what, like, I, this is going to take a very long time or how do you say to yourself you know what in the next six months i want to just make 10 percent more revenue and i'm okay with that 10 percent. and if i don't hit 10 percent, that's fine i'm going to make sure i get 10 percent in the next six months after that right because i'll tell you this if you don't have patience you won't survive and that's why the other business didn't work out for the production especially because i wanted things go so fast and scale on the patient side you got to understand that just like anything else, whether it be sports, where I was mentioned before, things take time to grow. And if you're not willing to be patient, the fact is like you're gonna you're gonna take actions that are like quick and gonna bring you money, but it's not gonna help you scale for the long term. Right. So for example, you see e-commerce brands, I work with some of them, they make millions of revenue or even the big ones, they discount their services, they discount their services just um on the basis of people buying it on that. And then before you know it, they're non-existent because they're going based off the discount versus the branding and the value of it, right? That's why you see influential brands like Apple and other brands that they barely discount their services because they charge more based on the brand, right? Things like that that are seen and those micro actions you take, whether e-commerce or, you know, like my brand for your social media. If I if I want to make more money, honestly, I could just be like, okay, let me just charge um, 20 grand for this service. But... I don't have enough experience actually doing it and the staff and the team, right? So let me build up my staff, the team, the execution, the system, the social proof, and letting that come alive before I do any crazy fast actions. So honestly, it's just, it's just like anything else. You just got to build it up, man. Nice. True. How do you know when to be patient with certain things and when to be impatient with other things? Right. So this is more on a like personal basis. So for at least for me, um, I know when to be patient when I say, hey, I want this to happen. Let's say I want to increase my sales by like, you know, you know I want to make 100K more this year, right? And I know I can. Okay, how do I be patient for it? Okay, well, every day I'm going to put the work in and just put my head down and, and work and slowly get to that progress. But then being impatient is, hey, I need to make 100K sales guy two, sales guy one, even myself, go out, make those sales. I don't care what you need to say, just make those sales. And and, just, and we need to scale, even if we don't have those services. I mean, just scale. And, and, and it just like you do things that are not gonna make sense. Like you start taking actions that you know that you're not ready for. Right. So I mean, I'm, I'm patient when I look at things from a high level overview, bird overview and say, hey, this is gonna this dot connects to this dot. Versus when I'm impatient is when I start taking action that is not strategized, is not I'm not looking at it from a long term overview, and it's not as gonna may benefit me short term, but long term it's gonna hurt us. You know, you've been through quite a lot in terms of 
what, in, a, in the last, would you say, four years and stuff. And I think there's a lot to learn. You know, our audience would learn a lot from you as well. Like, what, what would be one advice you could give to somebody that's looking to start out again? Um, something that you've picked up and learned, I mean. Yeah, you know, I'd say, you know, um, whoever's watching, you know, it's running business hard. I don't recommend it for everybody. I just, I just tell people that, hey, if you're going to do this, you know, really believe in what you do and can really help people. And, and obviously let the marketplace test it and see if it actually helpful and just keep going at it every day and making it reality. You know, it's maybe it may take like a year, maybe take a couple of years, maybe take longer time. You just got to be willing, no matter how long it takes, you do it. And you just keep putting your head down every day. And there's nothing sexy about that. Um, but it's going to be sexy when that nice Bugatti's in your driveway, or maybe it's going to be nice and sexy when, you know, you're, you're taking care of your, you know, your sick uncle's bills, right? And then you just got to put the work in, man. That's that's what I say. Just put the work in and be willing to adapt and grow and be, like, willing to learn the most you can and be humble about it. And like you said, be patient. And those just little qualities um, has helped me majorly. For someone, you know, building something new again, I just say, you know, you just be willing to work. What's the, um, what's the end goal for you? What do you want to achieve after all of this? Even if I made the biggest company in the world, let's say I did that, right? It, it's going to die after, like, you know, when I'm gone, right? No one's going to remember me. No one's going to remember the company. But what I do want to remember for is really helping people and influencing their life as such impact that to help other people and make leaders. So I have a, like I told you in the beginning, I come from a spiritual background, right? Through my businesses, I have a really high philanthropist uh, point of view where I want to use the money I want to use, you know, becoming, you know, one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world to really help other people so they become a better leader, better person through our experiences, you know, in faith, love, business, and really just scale from there. And it's not about my des- my legacy. It's about, you know, building up legacies for other people as well. You said that you had learned a lot from the old heads. You read a lot of books and, and whatnot. I want, to, I want to close this off with just some more advice. Uh, that you've learned from the old heads? What is one like really strong takeaway that you're like, you always come back to at the end of the day when you're like, when you've had a hard day, things are tough. And you're like, well, thankfully I have person X or book X giving me this advice. What is that advice? Yeah, so definitely this one really sticks with me every day. Um, worry about today for tomorrow has its own troubles. And that reminds me not only from scripture and the old heads telling me that, that, you can only do so much today and the next day, but today was what matters, right? And tomorrow will come because it's going to have its own issue and what's going to go on. And you don't, so don't worry about tomorrow. Like worry about today, put the actions in today, and tomorrow will take care of itself, right? And just being patient on that side and just remembering that, it, like, it gives me like rest that I don't have to be like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. It's just kind of like, let me take care of today. Let me enjoy today. Let me take it for what it is, and the time will come, right? The time will come. Tomorrow is a new beginning, basically. Tomorrow is a new, new day. Yeah, killed it. Thanks, man. Killed it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Donovan, thank you so much for your time. And, dude, you're young. You're hustling. Like, there's so much inspiration here to be had. And, uh, yeah, no, appreciate it. Thanks for your time. And, uh, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm glad that you guys could let me just talk all the time. <laughs> but uh, also, I'm glad for you know having me as one of your f- first few guests, and I'm honored to see what you guys do. Uh-huh.